Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lay Bear podcast, an audio experience designed to decode leadership and inspire action. Being a forward-thinking leader and game-changer, you've tuned in to discover pragmatic tips and hints on leadership from the very best leaders. Each episode is dedicated to sharing pragmatic stories from the field, and more importantly, real examples of what successful leaders are actually doing to deliver at pace. There's so much to share. Let's hand over to your host, Graham Wilson. I'm really delighted and excited to welcome today one of the travel industry's most admired and respected leaders. She has over 30 years of global experience in the travel industry, so has plenty of lessons to share with us around leadership and success. She loves creating an environment that drives business excellence, continuous improvement, and teams that excel and continue to grow and develop. She's also passionate about creating the best luxury holidays available and believes that this is only possible by having the best people. A successful leader and wonderful person, a very warm welcome to Lisa Fitzell, MD of Elegant Resorts. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Graham. Really grateful for your time today, Lisa. So a big thank you. Just so listeners can tune into who you are, tell us a little bit about your leadership journey so far. Yeah, well, I, I was, I'm from Lancashire originally. I came from a very working class family. My father moved overseas and to Australia when I was nine. And my teenage years were a little bit turbulent, I would say. And I left school at 16 without much of an education, but um, I knew I wanted to get into the travel industry and I started a YTS at Lumpolly in Preston. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, luckily I had a very good manager. Um, she was very tough with me, but I needed that, I think. And I really, really loved my job. And I had a second job working in my mum's pub in the evening. Um, okay. So I used to sell, sell the holidays behind the bar so I became a top seller fairly quickly. You know, I was just very ambitious, really. I to make something of myself. I wanted to keep going with my career. And I was made a director of a luxury travel company by the time I was 25. Wow. Uh, I managed to travel is, is just something that I absolutely love, obviously. So I managed to spend a year traveling around Australia and Asia when I was 19. And when I was 28, I went off and did another year traveling overland from Mexico to Chile, backpacking. So I see the traveling, my gap years, if you like, were really my mm. university, my time to mm. uh, meet lots of lots of different people, different cultures from all different walks of life, really. And I continued to travel. And we, we actually ended up living in Australia for five years after that big trip through South America. And then we carried on to Canada. So I was away for quite a long time. Wow. Uh, so came back to England, had my two daughters. So we ended up living in Sussex for 10 years. And then I, uh, I, I got an opportunity working in Thailand. So I went there for three years. And then finally settled here in, in Chester. I've been here for, for two years with, with, my, with my family. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so it must be great to be able to mix you know, your, your passion of travel and culture and experiences with with actually the the business you're actually running do you think that's that's really important as a leader yeah I think you need to do what you really believe in and what you love and I think if you if you really love what you do you'll be good at it it's mm. as simple as that really so where, where does your where does your drive come through because obviously you know a young age there you were promoted to a really senior position weren't you in, in the sector so where does that drive come from do you think I think it was really 
part of it was obviously I, I wanted to to do something with my life that I was really proud of. Mm. Um, but I also ha- I felt like I had a lot to prove to my father. If I'm really honest, wow. um, and to really show that I can I can do do something. Mm. My ambition came from a place of probably not a good place in some ways because I don't think I had the best self-belief so I just drove myself really hard for quite a long time and no matter how hard I worked and how much I achieved I wasn't happy with where I got Mm. it was never enough um yeah so I've learned a lot along the way and I'm in a very very different place now but Mm. I had to go through all of that to get to where I've got to Mm. I mean it's amazing with that yeah that driving it to actually be the best you can be and what you can actually do that and, and you mentioned that early on around your your teenage years and and you left school at 16 and uh, and I think that that's that's quite interesting in terms of you know, the education you had there and then you wanted to go out there and, and prove that you could actually do this and obviously you've achieved that you mentioned there about learning lots of lessons along the way and what would be your your biggest lessons that you've learned around leadership I think one definitely is 10 years ago, I got really sick. Um, I got meningitis. Oh, wow. Uh, I, yeah. I was properly ill, Would, wouldn't accept I was ill for some time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying yeah. to get off and get back to work. And it was really the result of overworking and juggling being a mum of two daughters who were only 12 months apart. And I guess all my demons came out at once, I think. It, it, you know, I really do believe it happened for a reason, and I'm glad it happened now. But I got really sick. I was in quite a dark place. I got quite depressed mm. from being sick for so long. I was having panic attacks. Um, I just mentally wasn't in good shape from it. And I got some help, and I, I just slowly rebuilt myself. I went back to work after about six months. I went back part-time for a while. Mm. It was really the beginning for me of a, a new way of living my life and a new way of working. So what became my priority was my self-care and my well-being. Because mm. I realized that if I wasn't going to look after myself, then I wasn't good for anybody <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's a yeah. very, very valid point. Isn't it? I think I think as leaders, you know, we're, we're giving all the time, aren't we? We're, we're supporting, we're enabling, we're nurturing. And I think sometimes if you, if you don't look after yourself and if you've got that, that drive that you've got and, and you want to go out there and, and work hard and, and achieve great things, then you, know, you can't do that unless you look after yourself first as well. So that's, that's a really big lesson for all of us, isn't it, around making sure that you know, we are you know, healthy and fit and have that vitality to be able to deliver what we need to deliver. So what did you do to to get out of that dark place and what was uh, what was your, your journey obviously you got help and support but yeah. what was it that, that's already was the catalyst for that i think I, I ended up actually i remember going to waterstones and buying loads of books i did a mindfulness course um that mm-hmm. my doctor actually sent me on um to help me and it just really it started to lift so then i just went into this complete self-development mode of reading yeah yeah find on it um, and I started doing yoga and meditation and basically weaving in all of the things I needed to do to, to get resilient. Mm. Um, mm. So I've, I don't compromise that ever now. And you, when I went back to work, my team, who, who I'd, I'd sort of developed that team, and it was a good team, but they'd all had to step up because mm. I wasn't there. And they didn't replace me because I didn't know how long I was going to be off for. And right. they were right. so the company I work for were amazing 
but because they'd all stepped up they got more confident and it was really it was just a, a bit of um epiphany for me really mm. that I, I saw this team that were just so much more confident and I just learned to let go um and not mm. manage as much and trust um and let them be empowered to make their own decisions it made me a better leader I think that to me you know was the start of of me really moving into a different way of leadership really I know you, you mentioned about the, the the wellness and the mindfulness. And is that something that you, you drive in your business as well? And you mentioned there was about empowerment as well, didn't you, about being able to you know, direct people and then then support them and, and then they grow and, and develop. So is that are these elements that you now bring into the, the culture and the environment that you create in your business? Absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, I've got sort of the basics that you start with really when you go in and that's, you know, looking at everybody's roles and responsibilities and, do they understand what's expected from them and what are their roles and responsibilities and are their KPIs in place and all of those basic things that actually a lot of businesses just don't have, surprisingly. Mm. Um, so that that to me is just sort of the, the foundation, but it's it, the culture of the business is really, really important to me. Um, and it's, you know, creating a space that's open and honest and people feel safe. Wellness is a big thing that I've brought into the last two well the, the two managing director positions that mm. I had. um in when I was based in Bangkok we created a, a chill out room there so that people could actually go and just have some space this is Asia and in Asia everybody just goes to sleep for an hour at the desk yeah <laughs> <laughs> they usually put like um a jumper over their head or something and fall asleep wow. at the desk. and I thought why are they doing that so that's why I created this room for them to go and have a little yeah. sleep they wanted to um and then there was nowhere for them to eat so they were all sort of like huddled around in the hot hot weather outside the building so we actually had two floors in in Bangkok and we, and we had a lot of wasted space so we just mm. we let the floor go which was a cost-saving measure and then I invested right. in sort of um refurbing that floor to, mm. to keep chill out room and also um a social area so people could eat their lunch and mm. have after after work karaoke and things like that um so so yeah it was a the environment is a really big thing elegant i've done I've done similar thing we've, we've moved one office space um a meeting room into our sort of chill out room where people can go we've got quite a lot of working mums with very young children um right you know so they can go and just have a little one of them was going into the car at lunchtime for a sleep. No way. <laughs> Have a sleep. Because I actually think if we can give them the tools to to survive, mm. they're only going to work better and, and they'll be happier. And actually, I really care as well. I want mm. them, I want them to, to feel um, nurtured and, and that we care because we absolutely do. And then I thought we have a yoga teacher and he comes in on Mondays and Fridays. And yeah, so we have lots of people now doing yoga um, mm. had never even tried it before. So, um, yeah, and then with lots of other, lots of other initiatives we've had, you know, Wellness Wednesdays. We've had sessions on building resilience, managing stress. It's interesting that you mentioned there about empowerment and, and creating the, the culture and the environment and that nurturing and support and some great ideas you've got there to for, from a wellness point of view. I guess a lot of people see they 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 see empowerment, don't they? But it's more about abdication. And you mentioned there about 
getting the direction in place. How how do you how have you I guess with obviously the the situation at the moment, and I guess your team have been in a good place from a resiliency point of view with all the development you've given them. What have you done from a direction point of view? How do you how do you give direction when we're in such uncertain times? It's just all about communication, isn't it, really? And that's just, you can't ever communicate enough, and especially in a crisis, I think. So we've got a daily call with my team. They have a daily call with their team, a weekly call with all of the company. And uh, we also have a bit of fun. We do um, a Zoom quiz on Fridays at five o'clock. So I usually do a a little update and then we'll we'll all have a a beer or, you know, and just have some fun, really. Um, Because it's been really, really tough. So... Mm. Um, you know, we, we need to, to pull together and actually I feel that we've really pulled together as a team through it there's lots yeah. of written communication at the beginning of the crisis very much and it was a crisis in the travel industry because obviously you know planes stopped flying hotels closed we had hundreds and hundreds of people that were due to go on holiday so uh, lots of people wanting um, money back suppliers mm. not wanting to give it so, you know, we, we've had to really navigate through all of that and do the right thing and make sure that we look after our customers in the right way. For that to happen, the staff needed to be absolutely fully informed of what we're doing and, and how we're doing yeah. it. Um, and then we, we have a weekly newsletter as well, which is really actually a mixture of things. Learning, because there's, there's lots of webinars being um, given at the moment from our suppliers and um and management webinars and all sorts of and anything we can get our hands on to learn for the public Brilliant. um so that feel that would be great to use this time to get to come out of it stronger and um, and we we all mm-hmm. have time to do more learning now than probably we've ever done really um Absolutely. and then we have a health and wellness section and a lot of our resorts that we work with around the world um have had such amazing content so you've, you've got anything from cocktail making sessions cookery shows to yoga meditation so every week there's free content that people can follow so and then we just with then it's just pictures of what everybody's been up to so that we're keeping in touch with all the little yeah. people are doing so um so it, yeah it yeah communication is everything isn't it i think you're absolutely right there. i'm amazed actually when i talk to some some organizations where people who have been you know, furloughed and almost like cast aside and, and abandoned because they've had no contact with their, their leadership team. And I just find that cool. incredible. And I'm, I'm hearing great stories from people like yourself and lots of other leaders I've talked to where this communication, this empathy, this understanding and, and keeping the, the motivation and the, the momentum going is so important, isn't it, to, to actually drive through this and actually come through the, the crisis in a, in, a, in a really good way that people are still engaged and, and want to do a, a great job. In terms of you know, when, when you're looking for leaders, what, what do you look for in a leader, Lisa? I think somebody who, a people person is really important to me and people that really care about people and, and their teams and they have empathy and you know they're going to develop um develop them because i don't feel i feel like you should always be looking for people that are better than yourself um mm. it, it should always be about having that natural succession plan coming through and that's a really positive thing it's not to be threatened by mm. and obviously somebody i connect with um personally um who's on the same page so they've got you know the right attitude i think attitude is yeah really important and obviously all the technical skills that go with whatever Mm. that relevant job is yeah Yeah. 
But the differentiator really is is their their values really is what I say there. I summarise that really in terms of that fit and that connection with you and that confidence you have with them. I know in the past you've inherited very demotivated and cynical teams, haven't you? And you've you've turned them around. What is it that you do? Do you think that actually turns them around and, and creates that that inspiration and that connection and that, and that engagement? I, th- I think it's it's building trust and respect, isn't it? That doesn't come quickly. So you mm. can't walk into a company and just be there and you know everybody's on on your journey with you so Mm. it's it's really listening um, understanding the concerns understanding their frustrations so the very beginning I would spend quite a lot of time doing that just before I do anything and then communicating back to them that you've taken on what you see the issues are and how we can fix some of them really and then Mm helps build the trust because they know that you're mm. you're listening but you're also acting i've done that in in lots of different roles over over the last if i think about the teams that i've managed i'd say i've sort of used that model probably for the last 15 years um, yeah. and yeah. then people will trust and respect you when they see that you're what you what you talked about doing you're actually doing and it's happened mm. i think that's yeah. really important because yeah. often, often leaders listen um but there's no action um it's all about action (laughs) yeah absolutely i know um in the past you've had uh, feedback from senior managers who who said you're you're also very good at pushing people out of their comfort zone not in (laughs) in an awful way or a bad way in in an encouraging way to to grow people's talent is it is that sort of part of your your toolkit now to as a leader to create that direction give people that autonomy and then support them but then to to almost like build their confidence to push them is that something that you actively do yeah absolutely um because i i i feel that you've got to be operating out of your comfort zone to grow Mm. Uh, and if you don't grow you'll you'll stay still and eventually you'll go backwards as a person and also in business in general we've always got to keep evolving and keep keep reinventing what we're doing to be better i just think it's yeah it's I, i do I think it's it's interesting when you speak to people that have worked for me. They'll they'll say, you know, at times I really push them hard to. Yeah. <laughs> they really appreciate it afterwards because they've learned so much. And um, so there's usually a period of transition of oh my goodness, mm. Mm. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. it's then people start to thrive on it generally, or it doesn't work for them. So we've talked about that before me about uh, creating this high challenge high support environment and if you if you create a high challenge environment with no support then it's really scary but if yeah. you create a, a high challenge environment with the the trust that you mentioned before and the support and the enablement then it's really exciting and then people do grow and their their confidence does grow and, and then yeah. and it's amazing what they can achieve they, they often surprise you don't you and you said there about you know, employing people who, who are better than you and surrounding yourself with with great people is is key definitely what what about in terms of if i was to say to you around you know, your leadership legacy you know how, how would you want to describe yeah you know, how would you want other people to describe you or your leadership brand what what sort of words or thoughts come into your mind around that i'd like to think that and i think i look at the companies i've worked for and then i've left and and the people that i've that have stayed and I'd like to say that I create teams and people that believe in themselves I think I'm really good at detecting when people struggle with their own self-belief and self-doubt and really help to overcome that because it's something that I've struggled with my whole life so and I've 
I've learned how to overcome it. So yeah. I'd like to say that I, I leave that behind and a culture of honesty and authenticity and trust. Mm, fantastic. That's who you are. There are certainly words that I would describe you as. And if you were to start again now with all you know, what would you what would you do differently? Yeah, so many things. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. an overview then of what that would be. <laughs> Gosh, I probably I, I, I wish I'd like the lesson the, the tough lesson I had about getting sick, um, and the things that I learned from that. I in some ways I wish that I'd done that earlier be kinder to myself earlier because I had years and years and years of hammering myself really and working on self-talk positive mantras that sort of thing I'd also get help if I need it um, mm. I've, I've been lucky enough to have a few mentors in my life and really fantastic doctors I've really learned heaps from them and they've really helped me on my journey things like getting the counseling and stuff but after I yeah. got really sick I wish that I'd done that 10 years earlier because I could have actually dealt with a lot of demons that I was carrying with me. But other than that, not a lot because I'm really proud of what I've done. And mm. uh, I've just, I've worked so hard in every job that I've had and I've left it in a very different place. I've left it yeah. in a very different place than when I started. So I don't, I don't feel like I could have done that any better in terms of the mm. work. Um, it's just about my own mind and, and yeah. how dealt with that better you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's you, know, you can you can learn all this stuff on your around strategy and planning and you know looking at the markets and, and the technical side of your job and, and be really good at that but unless unless you're healthy and you're positive and your mindset is right and yeah. you're okay with being vulnerable and, and you're okay asking for help then it becomes really difficult and, it, and actually it's un, unsustainable isn't it really and as you found that out you you can't do it all yourself and I think yeah you're lucky to have had that lesson because I think there's so many people don't they that they go through life not actually getting that lesson and, and never ask for that support or help and you yeah, never never realize actually is about yeah, you've got to lead yourself first before you can lead others that's right that's exactly right yeah yeah it's incredible really. <laughs> so what's what's next for you with um with the business then so obviously you're it's a tough market at the moment for you. You're stuck in the middle, aren't you, between people who want to go on holidays and, and uh, the operators who want to have people going on holiday, but in, and you're in that middle sort of ground, aren't you, of, oh, of supporting holding. both? <laughs> it's what I say to everyone at the moment. We're in the holding pattern. We're just, um, we've come out of the crisis. We've sorted out a lot of our customers' forward holidays. Um, the world is now starting to open up again, which is mm. great. Um, people are starting to book holidays again um, but not at the same sort of level you know in the next sort of few weeks what we're going to see is a lot more understanding of what travel looks like until there's a vaccine um, and what safe it is and and there'll be Mm -hmm. work on um, making people feel secure to travel again yeah and then it's rebuilding because you know our whole industry has been absolutely decimated by it um so we started with with the best year that we'd had for years and years it was just Mm. and then it's back to ground zero for everybody Mm. and so yeah what what are your thoughts about what would be different you think do you think it will be different or do you think it's about rebuilding the same as before or will it be different do you think I think lots of things will be different because i think the world sort of changed a bit hasn't it you know the way that Mm. we yeah different you know we as a company will be a lot more flexible with home working because we've proven that it absolutely works fine so that will come into play I think 
the world will be a lot more connected by conference calls, Zoom calls and things like that. So I think we've all got a lot better with digital media and technology, videos. So I think that will come into play. I think from a customer point of view, from the whole travel industry, you might find that people aren't going to take as many holidays. They'll be more conscious mm-hmm. of the environment. I think it's giving yeah. us time to take stock and really mm-hmm about the world and so I think there's going to be a lot more focus on sustainability um, and responsive mm. tourism. So we're in the luxury segment, the, the wealthy can and will still travel so we're, we're yeah. lucky in a way that our segment will probably come back a bit mm. quicker than, than, you know, than some others really. Yeah, and I guess about how you how you innovate and, and and I think one of the things I've seen is the whole digital transformation has been accelerated beyond belief, hasn't it, in terms of what people expect now and and how it operates. So it's going to be exciting times times ahead. How yeah. do how do um, people find out about Elegant Resorts? Because I know it's an amazing company, having worked with you, and you do a, amazing amazing stuff there. Well. How do we find out about you? We have a website, elegantresorts.co.uk. We are on Facebook, um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all under Elegant Resorts. So yeah, through all of those channels. And obviously we have our we have our office in Chester, which we're not in at the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will be um, in another couple of months probably. So, um, but we've got, we have furloughed staff, but we haven't compromised on our sales staff and our customers. Yeah. So we've got we've got plenty of staff answering the phones, looking after customers. So we're available. Fantastic. Yeah. And I, I know you're on LinkedIn as well, aren't you? So people can search for you uh, yeah. on LinkedIn. And for me, really, it's, it's really fascinating talking to you. And I know we've worked uh, together quite a bit. And for me, really, the, the take I've taken that is that uh, if you have that drive and that passion, it's amazing what you can achieve. You know, don't let education get in your way. If you work hard and, and, and go out there and, and do something that you're really passionate about and, and links to your purpose, then you're going to be successful. And that whole concept we talked a lot to me about empowering people, giving people that space to grow and develop and, and really trusting them, uh, but also really taking stock around your, your own health and vitality and being kind to yourself and getting your mindset right and that continuous journey of learning because I know you're you're really keen aren't you on on personal growth and have that growth mindset and I think for me there's some really really great ideas and thoughts for people to really challenge you know, what they do and for me it's been really interesting talking to you Lisa and a, and a big thank you and I, I look forward to hearing about how Elegant Resorts is going to go from strength to strength and achieve uh, amazing things so a big thank you from me. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lisa. A big thank you for listening to the Leadership Lay Bear podcast with me, Graham Wilson. For more information on our guest leader and to find out how we can support you, check out the links in the description and look out for our next Leadership podcast. Remember, Leadership is all about taking action. Make sure you connect and apply the lessons learned. Have fun and bye for now.